Welcome to Dialogue Across Difference, an event series hosted by the Center for the Study of Politics and Governance at the University of Minnesota's Humphrey School of Public Affairs. Join us as Center Director Larry Jacobs and guests engage in conversations across the political and policy spectrum on issues of the day. Good afternoon, I'm Professor Larry Jacobs. I direct the Center for the Study of Politics and Governance at the University of Minnesota's Humphrey School of Public Affairs. And we have convened today's event. I wanna welcome you and thank you for joining today's program, The Power of Photography. A lot of our programs here at the center use data, numbers, percentages, uh, and a lot of it is around electoral politics or what's going on in Washington around public policy. Today's a little different and it fits a pattern that we've been using of looking for other ways to talk about public life in America um, that uh, is more accessible to a broader range of people. Uh, maybe folks who don't uh, understand and learn just using data and percentages and numbers and so forth. And today is one of those days. Um, it picks up on a theme in some of our programming of looking at the experience and the circumstances of African-Americans and people of color in America. We did a program about a year ago, for instance, called the Minnesota Paradox that looked at the progressive trends in Minnesota, but also the deep disparities uh, that are experienced by people of color. Um, today, we're pursuing those themes um, and others uh, with a, a photographer and a poet. Our guests are Bobby Rogers. Uh, Bobby Rogers is a visual historian. He's a photographer. He's co-founder and director of um, the Bureau, which is based in Minneapolis. He's premiered work at a number of institutions, including the Minneapolis Museum of Art, the International Center of Photography. He's given lectures at the Minneapolis Institute of Art as well, and more. Um, he's also worked um, with a number of clients, including Apple, Paper Magazine, Timberland, and more. Uh, we're really thrilled to have Bobby Rogers with us today. I wanna next introduce our moderator and, and also an important part of this conversation, Douglas Kearney. Uh, Doug is a poet, he's a performer. He's published six books of poetry that have been widely anthologized, meaning they're reprinted in esteemed places like Best American Poetry, Best American Experimental Writing. In addition to all that, he's also uh, staged four operas which have received national acclaim, including from the Los Angeles Times, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and more. He's won a number of prizes, and he is an assistant professor of creative writing in the English department at the University of Minnesota. I'm now gonna turn things over to Doug Kearney. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much, Larry. And uh, thank you, the Center for the Study of Politics and Governance. Uh, thank all of you here assembled today. And of course, thank you, Bobby. I'm gonna uh, get into a conversation with you in just a moment, but there's something I'd like yeah, to sure. put out first. <clears throat> don't say caught, don't say capture, don't say take a picture, an image, a subject, a subject to what? On film, how do the ones surveilled look back as in return our gaze? as in see the past, look black, as in a way of looking at while you're being looked at. Don't say caught, don't say capture, don't say take. What Bobby Rogers wants to see is freedom. Thus, he must look beyond a lens, beyond a frame and framing. Rogers' art then is not a window, except as one can see their own face reflected in a window pane. It isn't a mirror except in how a mirror can hold anyone willing to gather together before it. Roger's art then works proximity, space and time, a way of looking back 
looking black, may be a way to see what's coming after what's come. Don't say caught. Don't say capture. Don't say take. Bobby Rogers says, look. So I got to say, I'm, I'm well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, bro. <laughs> now, you know, I didn't clear that. So, I mean, like if anything was wrong up in there, you know, just, just, <laughs> just put it on blast. Um, no, it, was, it was all right. You know, I, was, I don't know if you noticed I was taking notes. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. You know, <laughs> how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm doing. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing real well. I'm doing real well with you. Man. Yeah, it's a good day. Indeed. I want to I want to let um, everybody assemble know uh, that you have a, a beautiful exhibition um, coming up. Uh, it's called Innocence mm-hmm. of Faith, right? Yeah. And, and that's presented by by the Bureau. And that's going to be from September 17th to December 17th at the University of St. Thomas, right? Yep. Uh, at the University of St. Thomas O'Shaughnessy uh, Education Center. It's actually going up like as we speak, they're like doing all the vinyl and everything. So, um, yeah, no, we have a, we have a show coming up. I'm thinking, first of all, thank you. I don't know what most people, when they see the work, they'll get to hear, you know, a little bit more about our thought processes behind it. But I think a lot of just, even before we get into it, there's been, it's been a very collaborative process, which I think like art in general and the art that we do is always very collaborative. And so we're always sort of thinking about how to bring other like, like-minded artists and individuals into the process. Um, and so you, even like you, and, and our approach to art is very like interdisciplinary, right? And mm-hmm. so you even started this talk off like with that piece, which I haven't heard before. Yeah. And so that was like really beautiful. And that was, that was amazing. So thank you for that. Um, it just reminded me just of like why, like why we do the work that we're doing and how we're doing it. And like, and, and if any of that inspired you to like create that piece, like, like you know, blessings. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. I mean, we've had a couple of conversations prior to this, Mm -hmm. but, but we haven't had a chance to have lots of conversations. So really, you know, trying to get into your work, your process, how you and your, and your team um, reach out and create these moments of reflection and involvement and collaboration um, has been a real pleasure these last, this last month and a half. I will. Uh, I was first introduced to your work probably about a year ago when a student of mine, um, Saeed Farah, uh, uh, showed, started showing me your work. And he's a, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a, a deep admirer of your, of your work and a photographer. No, that's amazing. Well. Yeah, so I was, it was no, exciting you, to see your name come up. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you to Saeed. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so, all right. So, so we have... Um, can we get the first image from the Innocence of Faith? Um, question. So, oh, yeah. I should I should let you know that as reminding you that um, that uh, that there we are. That uh, <laughs> you can. We want you to participate in this, everyone out out there. Um, so there is yeah. a Q and A function. Uh, please use the Q and A function. Um, if, if you have access to the chat, please use the Q and A function instead. We're going to mm-hmm. uh, get to your questions around 12, 1230. We'll probably check in, uh, and see what we got going. Yeah. We might go a little longer. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, actually, no, let's dive into it. So we're, we're thinking about, I like the title of this conversation being the power of photography, because I think one of our initial conversations and really how we got introduced was through Larry Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, we all like got together, just like talked about art for a long while, and then sort of just naturally, you and I just like kept the conversations going. Um, so much so that we ended up uh, inviting uh, Doug with, to write the artist statement for the show, um, which people will see like at, on the wall at the exhibition when they when they when they visit it. But with this work, we like to think of everything that we do, and I say, and also to. to to put context, I say we a lot whenever I talk about my work, just because the process is very collaborative and I have a team that I work with. Even if like, no matter how, you know, there's ideas that I might have uh, singularly, there's ideas that the team have together. There's ideas that different artists in our team, my team, I mean the Bureau um, that bring. And so we always are just like constantly developing these processes as in these like ideas as like one system. Um, and so going off of, uh, 
this series I did, I think back in 2017 called Being Black and Muslim, which is was more so me just like digging into my practice, which is a lot of the times me asking the questions of like, like, like what's important to me? Why is it important? And how do I sort of like research and internalize and learn about these subjects? And then based off of all of that, how do I sort of like then turn this forward and face that towards others so they can sort of have some engagement with the process. Um, but that series in 2017, Being Black and Muslim was about very specifically the Black Muslim identity in the access in which it exists and resides like um, at the moment, like in American culture and just like a lot of things that are happening at the time. And more specifically, like not what was happening about like the lack thereof and like the erasure of these identities. Um, especially when you're thinking about talking about uh, uh, like the faith on a standpoint of like, who's 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 represented who's who hears who gets their voices heard uh and what have you so i was just really like you know my my entry into islam was through like black people it was like through like um black revolutionary texts it was through like friends we grew up with like in the city and and that and it was a very like loving process it was a very like um like the, the ego has always been gone. Like these have been some of like the most genuine gentle people I know. Um, but I also recognize that a lot of the times when you talk about like Islam in, in multiple spaces, you never really see like the like the, the diaspora, the black diaspora like represented at all. Even though uh, like black Muslims represent like the majority of Muslims in, in America um, with the history extending as far back as like what's believed to be like around like 30% of slaves were taken from West Africa were, were possibly Muslim. And so I'm always thinking about like, all right, how, like what histories are important to me? What histories have I myself as an individual existing right now, not, not sort of like heard about or like known to intentionally, intentionally be like dismissed? And how do we sort of like shed light on that? And so that series was one that, you know, that was really the series that within my work, like it like spread it like across the world. And it was something that came together organically with me just like hitting up a lot of friends and having them come pose for these portraits for me mm -hmm. um to it just being like being hit up by like papers like in dubai being like can we interview you about like this series that you that you created um and so this was sort of like a natural progression after several years which in this time i uh i co-founded the bureau with the group of uh, friends and like the, uh, colleagues of mine and which basically the bureau is that is again, like positioned on this sort of very specific point in history that we all believe that we're in, when which like uh, the sort of visual aesthetics, you know, I'm, I'm, my background is in uh, visual art, illustration design, more specifically like fashion illustration, things like that. And so we're, we've like developed this aesthetic that's very like refined. You know, you can see like the design elements, you can see like the fashion influence, you can see the sort of like curation and art direction. We have these aesthetics naturally because we've been, we've had to develop them and curate them ourselves especially existing in a world where like there are gatekeepers of so many institutions and for us to be able to to be able to create and work we have to sort of you know just be like at those at those gates like we're we actually right, have this right. this we got we got this crib over here you know that's, that's, <laughs> that goes harder than those than those gates exactly so, we won't come to your stank party anyway <laughs> right, exactly exactly and so we're like we're we're like this is what actually is important to us we have all these tools now we we've taught them to ourselves we had we had the internet you know we, we were weird our development was in line with the development of this virtual this like virtual space that's like infinite um and so we we were able to create the the sort of like the sort of conditions and we're able to create in a way and like learn in a way that was very in line with like our thought processes and our ways of like in taking information and me myself i'm a very visual learner and so the way that i just like process information um in the way that i process emotion just comes through very visually um, and so, so I say all that to say with the Bureau right now, um, which is like sort of like taking this mantle of like what's important, um, while also grabbing this aesthetic that we just know really well, which is like this refined, like, you know, like directed, curated aesthetic and bringing those two things together, which I think personally, we're at a very, uh, we're at like a precipice right now in which like those worlds can't exist in like individually anymore just because of how society has advanced just because of like everything happening we have to we have to i definitely believe in like the you know tony morrison's you know artists have like a, a duty and obligation like to be like you know the arbiters of like you know history or whatever in their time 
And I think that with our work, we, we have like that responsibility. Um, and not that every artist has to do this thing constantly all the time. I think that it's, it's something that we just do because we, the, the love that, and the sort of like compassion that we've developed through whether it's our spiritual teachings or like, you know, cultural teachings or like from like the revolutionaries that we've learned from. Um, I think that that's, it's just all culminating now. And so this most recent series, Innocence of Faith, is our, I like to say it's like the next chapter in this sort of like book that we're, that we're just constantly like, you know, writing, which, because I think all of our work has connections to previous work or is like spawned from a thought or a conversation or an idea of something that we've done. And similarly to how like, when you see images from the Black Muslim series, you can see that, you see that progression up until now. You see that progression now with Innocence of Faith and more so I think the foundation with this series um, which isn't now just like the being black and Muslim, it's more of uh, thinking about the identity as a whole and really just like how we're sort of again, like turning the face outward of like how we've sort of like grown as, uh, as uh, faith-based people or artists or individuals who just like care in general about like how we see the world um, and just like how how that is almost like in really direct conflict with the propaganda that's sort of like pushed out also about the similar subject and about faith and about like Islam specifically. Um, and so with our work, we're like, yo, like this is like, yeah, you see all of that out there, you know, but like a lot of, a lot of uh, people in power have very specific um, like goals and agendas when it yeah. comes to how they're gonna, how they're gonna <clears throat> sort frame of like it. push it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, frame exactly. Frame. And so we're like, no, this is, this is like Islam to us is this, it's like this, this has this like foundation um, and love and like wonderment and like, you know, that innocence and wonderment that you have when you're like just questioning everything as a child and you're just like so curious and it isn't like a, like when you're, when you're a kid, you're not, you know, kids ask questions and they're not like, they're not asking like, why is this thing so that I can have a disagreement with it? They're asking just like, what, like, why is it like, you know, there's a, as a six-year-old, I think Yo-Yo Ma once like mentioned like he had a lifelong sort of he had a lifelong journey of like trying to figure out the how and why. And mm. I think as a kid, you have that. Like you we all have that. And whether it be, you know, a kid asking about like, I don't know, baby shark or something, or they're asking you a question about something they learned about Islam. Like they're not, they're asking you with genuine curiosity to build on their foundation. Um, and I think like a lot of that like gets lost these days um for multiple reasons. And so we're we're sort of providing a platform, I think, to have dialogue about that, to just show you like our thought processes, to show you everything that, uh, you know, just kind of just like the world from this al like alternate lens in this moment. Absolutely. But that, was, oh. that might have been a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's that's exactly why we're here, right? Right, we're here to talk about that. I mean, it, and something that I think about, you know, you were talking about the love, the wonderment and the innocence um, yeah. and, and, and how immediately and quickly um, the visual language, the visual world like resonates with you. Um, yeah. I mean, for people who might um, only be having, who might only have audio at this moment, I just wanna you know, briefly describe the image we have up here um, yeah. and, and connect it to what you were saying, the, the how and the why of it. Um, so what we have here is um, a young Muslim child um, standing in front of, a background that's just like this teeming garden. It's just blossoms, just 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 glowing behind. And there's this beautiful part um, by his left arm that looks almost like a cloud, a nebula, a kind of a green like cloud coming out from the yeah. other side. Um, his the skin. We talked earlier about shedding light, and there's something that you that you're doing with like. The, the the skin that I've seen in a number of your of your of your of your photos is this almost this sense that it's not light bouncing off of it but it's light emitting from it you know yeah. this sort of sense that it is the source of the light um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that just like coming out of this gaze of this child who you know is looking and expecting, a kind of an answer, mm -hmm. like you said, not necessarily to disagree with it, but 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 how yeah. and why, and I guess I let's let's turn that question. Um, maybe maybe I've I doubt I've given it the complete answer. Um, how are you photographing uh, mm -hmm. the 
the the children this in this series um and perhaps in yeah. contrast with like the black or the berry um yeah for sure <clears throat> i think with this series uh something that we i guess i'm i'm always it'd be it's good to probably get the context of like the inspiration that i draw that mm-hmm. and then that i like sort of like push into this i think that i'm i used to study a lot of sort of like old renaissance like painters mm-hmm. back in the day um i feel like there's like a timelessness there's a there's a sort of like patience there's a gentleness that comes with like work of that era because partly like you know you, you don't have tvs or something i don't know you had you had to be but i think probably there's 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 a love and there's a conversation that i think you have with the artwork when you when you have to like craft every element and as an illustrator you know i went to school just, i studied illustration like i did that for a few years after i graduated and when you're creating that way you your patience in that like sort of like silence that you have to like be and sit within opens up room for you to then explore each individual part and understand like the reasoning behind uh, each piece. Something I loved about, or something I love about like painting still and just like Renaissance styles is the just the lighting effect very specifically and how it's sort of, it creates a dialogue now between like the lighting creates the emotional conversation that, that you have within the work. Within this piece, you know, different from other pieces I did back in 2017, we used to have a lot of solid backgrounds back in the day. Um, and we let the lighting and the emotion of the figures sort of like really tell you the story that we're trying, that we were getting across then. Mm-hmm. Now the story that we're sort of getting across is this one. I love you use a teeming garden. Like that, that, that sort of like phrasing perfectly encapsulates sort of everything that this series is. You know, when you think about innocence, when you think about like youth, especially like Muslim, they're, they're in this world where like they're, they themselves will have to go through multiple identity crises that will be coupled on top of their like, their like what any whatever sort of ethnic or race-based crisis they might have to go to that they're like being put through right now, um, and I think a lot of that will then start to take this sort of like the innocence that you that you can see within these visuals, the sort of the wonderment that we spoke about, uh, the world is that they're facing right now is gonna is gonna try as, as best as it can to take that away from them. And for us, we're sort of telling them through this series and through this sort of multidisciplinary approach of photography, dialogue, conversation, editorial, uh, editorial engagement, we're sort of like telling them like, no, this exists, like you can foster this. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with you in this space. Um, there's nothing wrong with, with you in general, though you might, you know, a lot of black kids like have that moment in their, um, in their youth. And I'm, and I, say black kids because of the work that we do so often has been based just like in our own identities as we're trying to discover ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think youth in general from different oppressed cultures have these these crises that they have to go through that sort of uh, takes so much of their sort of like creative energy that takes so much of the this sort of like future that they might have and sort of like stifles them a bit, right? Um, mm-hmm. And like puts them in the space to where now, instead of being a kid, you have to you have to learn you have to learn arguments. You have to learn how to have like, you have to have conversations with yourself as a kid about what if someone approaches you a certain way or, or, or and just as an individual in general. And so I think within, within this work, we're just, we're not so much being like, yeah, let's focus on all the horrible things. We're like, let's focus on, let's focus on like the love foundation that we know and that we understand. And let's, let's shoot them the way that it's like photograph them, like the way that we see them. Like let's capture them the way that like our eyes understand and like cares for them. Um, and that's, you know, with photography, I always want to have that, that sort of relationship and that conversation with the subjects. Like, I want you to, I want you to be most present in this moment. Um, and so. I mean, to be present, to be held in the moment, you know, like, a, like embraced, but also kept yeah. in a space there. Um, yeah. I think that that's, that's beautiful. I mean, when you're talking about that with love, right, and mm-hmm. as it relates to this concept of love, I mean, mm-hmm. where do we oftentimes see photographs of children, of like a family album, of a unit, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's 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 preserving certain moments, um, creating these kinds of like, I don't know, mm-hmm. almost like these these charged spaces of <clears throat> memory um, and experience. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I, I mean, 
No, go ahead. And I was gonna say there's there's I think like that charge base of like memory and experience. I mean, I think that that goes back to like a timeless idea and quality that we try to that we're thinking about with photography is that you know we're not creating we're in the, we're in this world right now. There's billions of people, you know, in, mo in most majority of the billions won't have their stories told. Yet I think within these sort of like uh, hyper-stylized editorial worlds or within these political worlds or whatever, the same voices and the same sort of, the same spot, the, the, the one spotlight that is there is focused on the same person and continuously often forevermore or whatever. And so, and what we're saying is like, there's <laughs> other experiences out there. There are other things out there for us to like, to, to sort of like show to the world for us to sort of understand for us to like, if we approach it and we try to look at this subject and sort of digest the subject, maybe we can learn more about ourselves that way. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And also, again, that, that a lot of that is centered and a lot of that is wrapped and being present and just also like, like uh, humility and just like understanding like our placement, <clears throat> honestly, as artists and as visionaries in this world mm -hmm. is just sort of uh, shepherd along in this sort of like, I don't know, it's not a cultural rebirth, but it's like a cultural uh, redefinition, a cultural enrichment that has already started with those that came before us. And so we're just sort of doing what we can right now as a part of this like earth universe, I don't know, supernova, <laughs> to, <laughs> to just like <laughs> make that spec a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. You know, I, I love, you know, this idea of, you know, redefinition, um, mm -hmm. you know, to assert like, you know, this is being black and Muslim in America. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I also think about definition and I'm sorry, you know, I'm, 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 I'm crazy nerdy for puns, wild nerdy, nerdy for puns, but oh, just like, good. Right, right? like definition in terms of visual clarity. Maybe we could advance yeah. to the next, to the next uh, photo. Yeah. Um, but like redefining, bringing different mm. points of clarity. Um, mm -hmm. Now, something that I find really interesting yeah. about this one is uh so the background has a color palette and, a, and it's almost mm -hmm. like an abstraction of the floral pattern mm -hmm. but here yeah. but here right like it, it it's it's summoning so we have this background that's that's got these sort of bluish or teal sort of my, my wife is going to tell me i don't know what color it was <laughs> bluish or teal <laughs> sort of sort of sort of like rays sticking out and then there are these clouds of of, of a of a brighter green as well as like a sage green and then this sort of peach or peach space which looks very much like imagining if you just sort of like squinted your eyes a little bit looking at the floral background prior um yeah but but in this one you know we have we have you know a different a different figure in the front this isn't the part of the same mm -hmm. series of innocence of faith um but we have somebody you know it looks like they're holding a fire hydrant which has yeah. not fire, i'm sorry a fire extinguisher uh you know which has uh, a lot of different kinds of resonance, especially when you think about mm -hmm. um, uprising, um, yeah. wearing a mask um, that 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 is sort of doubles in the era of COVID, yeah. but also the era of being tear gas, you know, the era yeah. of all those kinds of quote unquote non non lethal um, modes, and yeah. and the figure is also uh, wearing this this black mesh like jersey. Um, that allows you to see the layers of skin against the layers of cloth. Um, so tell me a little bit yeah. about, is, is, is this one also from a, from a series or is this something more, yeah. more just a, a vision? <laughs> right. No, honestly, I think all of these are always visions that we're just like, oh, that's how we're going to shoot it. Okay, let's go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But, okay, okay. But widely, widely, yeah, no, this photo more specifically, I think the, the the cues that you called out with the background, you know, for Innocence of Faith being sort of very like a teeming garden that's just vibrating like radiantly behind the subject. This one is very much so um, like abstracted a little bit more uh, like rough. Yeah. It's really in your face. Like there's, it's uncontained. Yeah. Um, but it's also in similar palettes with similar figures. Um, this work and this piece is a part of the series that we did actually in the middle of the sort of like uprising that happened in twenty in uh, the summer of 2020. Yeah. Um, after, you know, Derek Chauvin like killed George Floyd and everything that happened in Minneapolis. Um, being from Minneapolis and being sort of like 
building my, I know when I first started photography, the thing that I did to learn, like I didn't study any photo techniques. I was in school, like studying design and studying like drawing color palettes, like et cetera, et cetera. Um, critical thinking, all of that, but you, we never studied like the photo medium just because at the time, like, you know, being broke in a, a private art school, like yeah. you don't, I wasn't, I wasn't taking risks. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, we need to learn photography and, and buy a camera and all right i can i can draw on both sides of these paper and i can that'll be one sheet so there it is <laughs> so, make it stretch make it stretch exactly exactly <laughs> um with this with this piece uh it was a part of a series that we called freedom summer um mm-hmm. which basically <clears throat> we set up different from how we will sort of approach protests and movements in the past which was you know we would go to the movement, we would document it. We'd be outside for hours, like just like take, like grabbing content and just like documenting the process because we knew at the time that the narrative that we heard from, you know, the police, which, you know, they have a very specific agenda, narratives that we heard from a certain lens um, was different from the lived experience as the individuals out there. So much so that I would live stream uh, certain protests and movements so that we would have that sort of physical documentation along with the photos that we would take at the moment. That sort of for us evolved partially because of just like the hyper surveillance that that happened across uh, across communities um, and spaces, um, and that was very much apparent and live in 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 2020. We decided to sort of we in, instead of going out into the movements and like documenting like what's happening here, what's happening there, and that on fire there, we mm-hmm. we invited. We just put a call on social media and basically it was like, we're gonna set up this sort of like outdoor space in this park, please um, come, anonymous, come anonymously and let your photo be taken if, you, if you'll if you allow it. And we might ask you a few questions about your experience at this moment, but uh, this is how we sort of wanna, again, thinking about encapsulating time very specifically and telling a story. And, you know, in history, we see that Photography can be used as a medium and arbiter of like capturing time, but maybe all the details are not always there. You know, you might have a photo of, you know, the guy, the, the black man that built like, you know, the sort of like heating system in the cribs that sit in the bathroom that goes zigzag like that against the wall. But yeah. you don't, but you don't know if he had a brother. You don't know if like, if like who, who his parents were, you don't, you don't know if he had a middle name. So like, you know, history is not always documented in a certain way. So part of, part of our photographic journey is then, um, trying to as best as we can like archive in a, in a way that we think gives justice to the subjects and so that that comes with the testimonials that that we captured um with these pieces in which all of the works that we discussed today are people people can find on the bureau's site and then can get even more sort of like history to them um, um if they if they'd like but with this one with freedom summer it was just freedom summer is our sort of this is how we experience that moment in history as like black and brown youth and like and like younger generation people, millennials in Minneapolis at the time. And like we we knew that the city was at this point. Um and at this point of like extreme tension because we were here when it happened to Lando. We were here when it happened to Jamar Clark. We were here as it's happening to Winston Smith. We were here when it happened to Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin. And so Minneapolis has always been a, a place, yeah. Minneapolis has always been like that, a space of um, sort of like heightened awareness where like the organizing has been like really like groundbreaking and like the community here, like the love is like like unimaginable. And so I knew like when you when you seen what happened on 30th Chicago, which is like a few blocks from where I grew up on 33rd Chicago, like you, mm-hmm. like when I, when I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, they're not gonna, like oh, people aren't going to just let this like slide, and so you know this image that you see of the of the guy with the gas mask, with the sort of like fire extinguisher, something that you know that isn't spoken about a lot in that moment in history, is that more than what you've seen with like the one or few or a few people that decide to like cause destruction or set that on fire or whatever, there were teams that we were in active communication with, handing out fire extinguishers to whoever wanted them, handing out gloves, handing out masks to whoever wanted them. They're the, the resourcefulness of the community at that time was like truly um, like a sight to behold. And I think this photo very specifically like captures just like, you know, these are regular, and again, you see this, this, this isn't a firefighter. 
this <laughs> isn't right. This is like this is like a young twenty-something-year-old, like w- with uh, all of a sudden responsibility on uh, out of nowhere. Maybe two days ago, you were thinking about what I might have to go get to get ready for summer, and now you're like, oh, two days later, you're holding a fire extinguisher with a gas mask. Like we might hurt something might be happening over here. We might have to go check that out. And so I think just like the gravity of, of that moment needed and like needed to be represented within the photographs and like in the in sort of like the intensity. Um, and with this, we didn't tell them what to wear. We just bought the backdrop. We didn't use lighting or anything. Mm-hmm. We had like a reflector off to the side, but it was really like, you know, the sun and the whatever sun, time yeah. of day you showed up. So, wow. I mean, mm-hmm. to be there, you know, for the names you mentioned and Sandra Bland and Brianna Taylor and, I mean, like, to, again, sort of find this moment um, in time and hold it. Um, and there's a different kind of, there's a different kind of preservation that's going on in the photo, you know, that, that same sense of, like, yeah. as you were saying, like, there might be a fire that needs to be put out. Yeah. I need to be able to be as safe in this space as possible. Um, yeah. And that, you know, and that, and all of those protections, right? The, the mask, mm-hmm. the filter, the fire extinguisher juxtaposed yeah. with like the thin shirt, right? There's this yeah. like, like, yeah. like, like how we think about layers of protection. You, you know, yeah, like when you think about, I was going to quickly say like, I, yeah. I just because I, I was just listening to a conversation about um, what was the revolution happening? I can't remember which, which where it was taking place, but it, it reminded me of just the idea of like when moments in history, moments of an, an intense like tension and revolution are happening and like turning points of history are happening you don't this is reminding me that it, it, it is the everyday person um who leads these movements again you mentioned like the mesh shirt with like the extinguisher in the mask this is like someone's like all right let's go <laughs> exactly. right now exactly. right and so and, and i think people forget the power that they hold as an individual i think we sometimes forget just the power that we like have internally um and, you know i think it was um, I think it was like in, in those two things that just popped up in my mind. It was a quote and just like another experience. But just to to sum it up, yeah. In this, in this moment, I think we have to the like people who we get to photograph, especially for the series Freedom of Summer at this moment in history, um, took responsibility upon themselves um, to react and to act because they know that this is this is a, we're all like the sum of this whole part. This is bigger than just any of us individually, but it can't happen without all of us individually realizing it. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I appreciate that. We have a couple of, uh, of 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 questions lined up in the chat. I wanted to see if I could get to maybe one more image before we move on to that. Can we go to to the to the woman with the blue background, please? There we are. Right, there she goes. Yeah. All right. So, so this mm-hmm. piece, right? You were talking earlier about this photograph. You were talking earlier about, yeah. um, you know, how can we hold something, especially as it runs counter to narratives that people, you know, uh, certain people and certain offices and certain powers and certain mm-hmm. places um, would rather yeah. not be told. And, and yeah. that, of course, kind of puts this, this, this tension between like um, uh, the, the, say, the, the real uh, you know, reality, let's say reality mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and myth, right? Yeah. And, and, to, and to recognize, of course, that, you know, myth, uh, you know, myth is a part of our reality in the sense yeah. of like, that's where it comes yeah. from. But, but an image like this one, I'll describe it for those who can't see. Here we have a blue background that works with the kind of gradient of light. Um, so it looks like it gets darker as it moves to the left, right? And then in the foreground, we have a woman with um, a, a crown of hair, a crown of hair. Um, she's got a headband that might remind some of like the laurels that we oftentimes see in, uh, in sort of uh, Greek faces and, and you know, the you know, uh, Hellenic Greece. Um, she's got a cloth um, with these amazing swirl designs that look like they looks like a fire that's also a part of a flower that's sort of blooming and blossoming. Yeah. Um, and this this uh, 
golden uh, and, and brassy looking jewelry all around. But one of the things that's most striking about this is her eyes, are her eyes, um, um, which if you zoom in or if you could zoom in on them, almost look like disco balls or like a star exploding or just like a constellation of tightly knit stars. And so I guess I wanna, as a last question and then moving on to audience questions, I'm curious yeah. about reality <laughs> and myth. How, yeah. you know, like, like, cause like you said, you're not just documenting because if you were documenting, there'd be all these other kinds of questions of surveillance. Yeah, you're, You know, there's an aesthetic, there's this refinement, which isn't the opposite of the roughness of the background of the previous photo. So it's yeah. not refined as in clean, it's refined as in considered and sculptural and threat. So yeah. I guess, how, how are you working with uh, myth um, and reality um, in a series like yeah. this, the Black and the Berry series? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, that was you know perfect. I'm about to I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna swap out I'm gonna swap out my other statement about this series with, with the interpretation of the series. Um, yeah, with, with this thanks. project. So this is right. No, this is so the, one of my um, favorite quotes that I used to just like think about a lot when I was like just finishing up uh, my undergrad and just like thinking about my work and its context to the world was a show by, this quote by Chuck Palahniukas, which part of it says like, the unreal is more powerful than the real. Mm. And a lot of that was just because like the emotions, like the experience, things, all of these things that sort of like are gathering and like making connections within like the metaphysical realm and like within your, within your subconscious, mm. all of that is sort of influencing like the artwork that we sort of produce in this moment. Um, when I was when I was an illustrator, as an illustrator, everything that you're creating is unreal, and it's unreal mm -hmm. until until you put it onto the paper. And mm -hmm. so you have to understand, you have to believe that what you think and what you think you're going to create, whether and uh, for me specifically, I was doing like this like photorealistic, like fashion inspired illustration. If you can like think about what that might look like, um, and for me, a lot of it was like I have to I have to have so much belief and conviction in that the, the unreal that I'm about to create is so mm -hmm. powerful that it's gonna it's gonna it'll be able to evoke the emotional output that I want upon like the subject that's viewing it, right? And so similarly, I bring that, I bring that same thinking into the, into the, the photos that I create um, because I do look at it as like a process of creation. Um, and with, with this photo, which was a part of a series called The Black of the Berry, which was my first solo show uh, at Public Functionary, a gallery here in Minneapolis, um, we were, I was thinking more broadly about how does, like how do we capture these sort of like growing up, there are these people in my life who sort of like exemplify these ideas of like these like um, uh, archetypes of like blackness or like black, like within black culture, not that there are a certain set of them, but here are the some that I think are most relevant in my life right now. And these are the people that exemplify that or more so they have a look that I think of when I think about the exemplification of like this quality or this like uh, spirit. And so with this photo specifically, I was thinking about um, the like black, like matriarch, mm -hmm. like that figure in the family, like that figure who's sort of like, who, you know, the all wise sort of, you can go to for anything like all loving, but like power and like, you know, the sort of, I grew up, we had to use like say like, yes, ma'am, no ma'am, like yes, mm -hmm. and all of that. And so I think about like that figure and when you're looking at these images, when you're when in, in the in the in the gallery in which they were displayed, they were all displayed at like life size, um, and they were framed a little bit higher than like normal. And so as you're as you approach them, you're having a conversation. Someone I remember at the artist talk was like, you know, when I walk into this space, I feel like I can't cuss. <laughs> and that to me is like, okay, the work the work did what it needed to do, like the work like the unreal that that we that we envision that we're sort of like again bringing all together in this visual like timeless format did what it needed to do if you can feel that energy through mm. through this piece in this gallery with all of these pieces and so in the in the entire series there's 10 pieces uh and they're all just you know um partly with with them sort of in this seated stature sort of like regal portraiture all having the sort of like color which this really like this beautifully like dark-skinned woman with this sort of like royal electric blue um in juxtaposition to these like uh paisley like patterned uh gold elements and this sort of like golden crown you know all of these are exemplatory of just 
um, me just like, you know, paying respect, like to go to the spirit of those figures that we all can identify with within the culture. Those are elements that sort of like make our culture so individual and unique is because you can, well, you can see this photo and understand what it means. Like um, the, the audience member that made that comment understood like the, 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 the sort of like input behind all of it. So that's what, that's what I love to do. I love to create in that realm, you know, so. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so we, we're going to get to these questions. Right now we have four lined up. Um, oh, for sure. So the first one oh. is from <laughs> Kevin Callahan. <laughs> um, and the question is, I wasn't laughing at that, I was laughing at the hand coming up. How has oh, yeah, COVID... I was laughing at too. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> How has COVID affected your photography and exhibiting your work? Yeah, uh... You know, COVID, I think, so what we did, I think at the beginning of COVID, what we were really fortunate enough and blessed was to, I met, uh, let me bring that back, through a friend of mine, uh, Matthew Swinson, he introduced me to Jackson Schwartz, who uh, has this really beautiful space downtown Minneapolis, um, in which they had to, a large portion of that is like an event space in this like beautiful, beautiful, like coffee shop working space. And they ended up not being able to use it because, you know, they had to shut a lot of it down because of COVID. Um, and after multiple conversations with Jackson, he ended up inviting like I and the bureau into the space, um, which is this beautiful 2000 square foot, foot space. He invited us into this space to sort of like activate it, use it as our studio, use it as our space of creation and just sort of um, start to create that liaison between this like business world and sort of um, contract that they live in and sort of, as well as the, the world and like artistic sort of like emotional, like um, black, you know, all of that, like try to sort of like create a genuine bridge between all of that. And so he really came in and was like, you know, whatever you guys need, let me know. Feel free to use this space for whatever you need to create. Um, and so that then gave us a large space to be able to occupy with like great ventilation, all of these things. And then we kept our teams really small. Whenever we need to do shoots, um, we, we now schedule people um, out compared to, you know, back in 2017 with the Being Black and Muslim series, I was like, hey, all y'all pull up right now <laughs> we're gonna do a photo shoot <laughs> right? whereas like here we're like you know thank you guys for <laughs> RSVPing does this time work for you all right that'll be 30 minutes in between the next person you know and also institute you know uh indoor protocols with masks etc things like that um and you know making sure that we're vaccinated and we're just like being safe especially around um these kids yeah. and so there's a lot that had to shift but there's also a lot of beauty in that because with all of that it requires again even more patience than we had before so yeah and you know collaboration and cooperation which is something that's valuable all yeah, right so absolutely. um so mariam dini um and i and i hope i pronounced your name correctly i also hope the same thing for kevin callahan um first absolutely love your work bobby it's everything the world and our people need amazing stuff from yourself and the bureau so there's two questions two questions one what or who are your inspirations for your work? And then two, collaboration seems to be an important value for you in your work. Are there any plans to collab out with the states and tap into the diaspora further afield? So, you know, um, who inspires you? What inspires you? And yeah. are, your, are your collaborations moving beyond the US and into the world, the diaspora? Yeah, no, for sure. No, thanks for the question. And for the and for the sentiment, that's really beautiful. Thank you. Uh, inspirations for the work. I think just naturally they're like just like the, you know, I worked I worked previously as a head photographer for the Walker, and a lot of that meant that you know, partly being being able to dive into these collections and like learn about so many other artists and just see work created by a lot of like the powerhouses, especially within like the Black art space um, mm -hmm. that we weren't seeing before, whether it be you know like Kerry James Marshall who creates these like beautiful, beautiful pieces and me not knowing like previous to the Walker that he also did a bunch of like text pieces that were very black and very like that were, that made statements um, that you often don't see because you're usually so often used to seeing like his large scale painting, his painting works, which are also like spectacles and like magnificent. Um, that <clears throat> thing about artists like uh, creating dialogue and conversation through Kerry Maylene's or thinking about like the regality of like a hand day or thinking about sort of like the weirdness of like Pierre de Bouchier or thinking about the, the uh, 
sort of catalog of work created by this like filmmaker director. Um, um, I just had his name in my head because I just seen. I was just looking at his work, but like P, uh, Peter Hugo and things like that. There's a there's a South African photographer Peter Hugo, um, who created this uh, series called Hyena Men, which was a mm -hmm. portrait series of him following like this group of men in Nigeria um, who have like these hyenas as pets and just like the sort of just like rudimentary yet like surrealness of that is really what like I remember seeing that and being like oh yeah I'm about to, I'm, I'm, a, I'm about to be a photographer <laughs> <laughs> and like that's what I want that's what I want my I remember being like that's the art yeah. that I want to create and so and then when he like a few years after me becoming a photographer like he like followed me and I was like yo hey I let you know like and so artists like that are the ones that I'm like really inspired by. And yeah, in terms of collaboration, we're always working with people um, across, across the field where the work that we put, we're very specific about the work that we do put out onto like our platforms. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're, and sometimes it's just con contracts, sometimes it's just timelines. We're working on products that might not be dropped for a year. I had a product that wasn't dropped for three years. And so we have all these things that we're working on. Um, but no, we're always loving to collaborate with uh, with anyone because we think you know the stories aren't limited to the diaspora within Minnesota or just like communities within within Minnesota so we've you know we've gone to other we've gone to other states we're always in conversation with those in other in other countries and stuff excellent thank you thank you yeah. um Kate Chimino asks thanks oh well states first but thanks for this beautiful conversation a lot of public political life is framed in duality with two sides only missing all of the nuance and complexity. And, you know, this really chimes with the question of, you know, reality and myth. So I'm appreciating this mm -hmm. opportunity to drill to, to go further with would love, uh, would love to hear your thoughts about photography's role and art more generally in reframing duality as complexity. So not just these two opposing sides, but as a kind of yeah. complex system. Exactly. No, absolutely. You know, something that's like, I've thought about a lot when we were creating this sort of, uh, when we we're creating Innocence of Faith, um, is this idea of like, you know, we often hear, especially within like within Islam, that <clears throat> that your journey with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts at the end of everything that you know, which I think for me almost is like an invitation to be completely curious and to like continue searching um, and understanding that like, nothing is as simple as like we would like people to believe or nothing is as, as as simple as sometimes as is stated but more than that there's multiple factions that are always feeding into it there's all, multiple factions always feeding into any conversation um and i do think it's important for art you know especially with even how we're talking about it i'm not i never want to look at the work that we're creating and i think a lot of artists should think about um and when i say artists i mean visual artists uh poets as yourself um curators as yourself as well. I think we, we all need to, a part of our duty is being able to tell a story um, so succinctly, so beautifully that we're not, we, we're not picking sides with the work. The work should speak for itself. The work should, you know, and for us, a lot of that is just like grounded in morality and like our sort of like our ability um, to be empathetic and compassionate individuals. <clears throat> and so that's where we we're telling these stories from. And I think a lot of, a lot of like, if you're telling if you're telling a story from that lens or from that like viewpoint, you're able to understand the complexity of it because now it isn't a right or wrong, but it's a let's keep going further um, mm. style of conversation. Excellent. Oh, that answered it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think in my I think it was in there. I think it was in there. Um, <laughs> Robel Tedros. Um, how can we use photography to politically unite other African communities together here in the Twin Cities of Minnesota and puts us a follow-up, just Pan-Africanism. How can Pan-Africanism, yeah. uh, photography and Pan-Africanism work? Yeah, I mean, honestly, bro, I think it's, I say bro to both Doug and Robel, even if Robel is bro. <laughs> um, honestly, I think, I also use the word bro a lot. Uh, I think like just, it should just be like an inherent quality within the work. I myself like I never say like yo I'm pan-Africanist because it's just it's a quality that's already like embedded within the work like that's the viewpoint that we're already coming from I mean even within our team um with the bureau we came together from so many different diasporic backgrounds there's um one of my closest friends growing up um Melinda Jean-Claude poet also like part of the bureau 
um, his family's from the Congo. Um, and what's that experience, I've learned so much from his experience, even him being a poet and how he understands language and how he has to interpret language is like vastly just like, like helped me understand, like even the way that I just like transfer emotion, right? Like, I, or I just like process my emotions. Um, Father Mo, our, another part of the, another <laughs> member of the Bureau from um, Somalia, other, so we're just always in, in more and more identity, Sunnis or Black American or Asian or whatever, we're always thinking about ourselves, just like collab like collaboratively bringing these multiple cultural aspects into this frame. Um, and we and we see it as not, you know, in the same way that people are like, you know, we don't look at what's it like to be a black artist right now. We're like, what is it like to be an artist cap like capturing these moments? You know, mm -hmm. we're not looking at it as like we are these types of artists. Like, no, we're artists. Um, <laughs> just not like, you know, we're we don't need to say like we're Pan-Africanist because that's the that's the foundation that we've like we've all like grown up on. And and that's us speaking and thinking in the hopes that as you know, I understand young older generations have a sort of tie to tradition that sort of like keeps them um, comfortable and like, you know, cause discomfort is very alarming and like uh, disengaging for a lot of people. But I think as, as we evolve together and as we grow together, we, we understand um, that a multicultural society makes us better, especially like a multi a multi diasporic society. I don't even know what the word for it might be, but <laughs> Africa nice makes us better. Yeah, exactly. Probably that's where society. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Pan Africanism makes us better as, as a people and just as a community, for sure. Mm. I mean, something that you say, you know, <laughs> about about having to say it or having to name it makes me think of uh uh, Stephen Henderson, who wrote about the idea mm -hmm. of cultural saturation, that that you know mm -hmm. that if the aesthetic um, is saturated in a cultural, and in, 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 I don't want to say cultural viewpoint specifically because of um, uh, that range of of different people brought in, but how does that yeah. create um, the same view? So right. Oh yeah, yeah I seen that he exactly. the follow up. Yeah, which was. Are we yes. talking about multiculturalism in terms of other African communities or with other non-African, white, Latin American, et cetera? I think it's it's really important to do both. And it's, again, we're not speaking in a duality. We're thinking in the complexity of weaving all of these like cultural or cross-communal like um, boundaries, or my bad, cross-communal ties like all at once. So you can build within your community as well as like the diaspora, but you can also build um, from your community with other um, cultures or faiths, etc. Part of that again being, you know, St. Thomas is like, like Christian, like Catholic school, letting us have an exhibit about um, Islam, like, <laughs> and they're going inviting that and like inviting the participation and like helping us put that together. Um, so I think both of those are important to do um, individually as well as together. Um, and Robel appends to that. Um, so in other words, a W.B. Du Bois perspective, you know, putting that in there. Um, mm -hmm. Last question, and we got a minute left, uh, Kathleen oh, McKay. Oh, no, 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 this is perfect, Because <laughs> um, I think this is a question that will be quicker to answer. Is your work from Freedom Summer any place for public viewing? Um, not at the moment, however, it can be. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Any uh, gallerists? <laughs> Studios, you know, in the house, museums. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, we always, we, you know, because of COVID, we, we, we chilled out on like, you know, the amount of like events and public, uh, public engagements that we were going to have this past year, which is why, you know, Black Forum, which is an artist talk series that we put together. Our first public event for Black Forum uh, was at MIA a few weeks ago. And second event that we're having this year um, is going to be uh, this exhibit. But no, I would love to have Freedom Summer exhibit anywhere. I think it's very consequential work. And it's like, and it's really powerful and will always be important. So yeah, that's an invitation for sure. Wow. Well, look, it's been a pleasure um, talking with you. I see Larry, Larry's about to come back on the scene perhaps. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's been such an honor and privilege to be able to sit with you and your work. Um, and I look forward to, to much more. Um, as you can see, an hour cannot hold us, right? It's, it's yeah, not, right, exactly, right? So exactly. We, you know, we need some marathon stuff, but I'm gonna be quiet now. Right. Just thank you all very much. And, and I'm like, all right, see you at Glass House. See you at yeah, Glass exactly. House, continue the conversation. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
That was exhilarating. Thank you to both of you, Bobby Rogers and to Doug Kearney. That was very special. So thank you very much. I want to just give you a reminder that uh, if you've enjoyed this conversation, uh, Bobby Rogers' exhibit, Innocence of Faith, will be available September 17th to uh, December 17th at the University of St. Thomas and St. Paul at the O'Shaughnessy um, Education Center. Um, and uh, if you'd like to do a tour with Bobby, you can look into that as well. There's, that's a possibility, uh, but you've got to make a reservation. If you are uh, as excited by Doug uh, Kearney as so many of us are, you can look for him on Google and you will find amazing poetry. The way, he, the way Doug began today was a poem he wrote as we were just saying hello before the program. And he is truly brilliant. And we're fortunate to have him here at the University of Minnesota. Without further ado, I want to again thank Bobby Rogers, Doug Kearney, and all of you for joining us. Thank you very much.